Welcome to The Grafters Podcast. Brought to you by Reanimate Performance and the Heavy Metal Strength Coach. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Grafters podcast. Now today it's just myself and Chris or the heavy metal strength coach. Hello. Um, doing a COVID catch up and then just talking about how um, we are navigating through these strange times but also how we're making the most of it to sort of. It's, it's very different to catching COVID as well. <laughs> it's it's exactly the opposite of that. Ho- well hopefully anyway unless you've been to Asda and Wakefield in which case we're all screwed. Well, I, I saw a photo of Tesco, as I think, in Wakefield, and I was like, that is like Corona Alley. Um. Oh, it was, I, I went, like, yesterday. Like, it was, it was insane. Um, people clearly didn't know how to navigate the one-way system. Um, they put an announcement out saying, uh, stay away from our staff. There was a no-touching policy. As a staff member charged at me going the wrong way down the one-way thing, it was crazy. Well, the the one way thing really stresses me out. Like I, I think because the reason why it does is because someone becomes someone comes up right behind me and they're clearly like breaking the two meter distance apart thing. And I'm ah! Like, ah, ah. And so you get forced around the shop quicker than you want to go. That's why it stresses me out. Yeah, it's it was it was quite scary. Did you have any um, moments when you went to the supermarket when it all first started and the shelves were just bare? Yeah, do you know what? I so I went to there's quite a big Sainsbury's near me and I, I I'm not gonna lie, I was quite nervous to do it at first because I thought shit, it's gonna be like apocalyptic, you know, like those zombie movies where everyone's like <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> People just start running into the shelves and breaking shit down. But um yeah, there was no pasta, um the meat was completely gone. Um and yeah, the, just the, the the everyday stuff that like people wanted to just bulk by toilet roll. I, right, can you can you help me with this? Why toilet roll? Why? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of them things where it, it really hit home how people don't understand um that they're vulnerable. Like mm. there was people on the aisles that were clearly like over 70, um, just within like one foot of me and I was just like trying desperately but then I got like backed into a corner by a till and it was it was crazy but then again when someone was clearly very very old it was like Moses part in the Red Sea in Aldi like people just diving out of the way so that this person could get through without being infected that was really um nice to see yeah how how would you say that your perspective on everything that's happening now has developed over this I think it's been this is five weeks into it now, isn't it? Yeah, it's five weeks into it. So at first, um, in all honesty, I felt as if my business that I'd worked for, for 10 years on, this is going to sound like the world's smallest violin with how much people are suffering. But um, as a PT that's worked on the business for 10 years, I thought it was all slipping away. Mm-hmm. And I thought that all the clients would go and I might have just a couple of video sessions a week or um, no one would be able to carry on with the training. And luckily, 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 because I had quite a few clients, um, like I've got 26 sessions this week. And slowly over time, as we're using the overuse phrase, that new normal um, has started to become normal. Yeah. Uh, and it's just business as usual, essentially. How about yourself? 
Um, yeah, so when when this first happened, I I pretty much had like a, a huge scare and it, it got me much more than I actually thought it would because sometimes what I do is I, I try and like compartmentalise something to sort of think, right, okay, it's not going to be that bad. But I remember specifically as soon as the announcement came out that all gyms were going to close, I actually started crying and I was just like, what what am I going to do? I was just, just pure panic, like... And I remember actually, because I went to CrossFit that day, because it was the last time we could do go to CrossFit before they closed. I ended up PBing some cleaning jerks because uh, I was just so fucking angry. But I, I was like, kind of like angry upset. Then I was thinking, well, right, actually, it's no one's fault. So there's no need to be so, you know, like aggressive about it. I wasn't being aggressive to anybody else, but just internally, I just felt a bit like frustrated. Yeah. Um, and then then the panic started coming up back here well what if clients lose their jobs and they can't pay me and financially I was thinking how can I cover for everything um but um very similar to yourself where you know there are people that have still got their jobs minimally affected and you know they've been very kind to still pay for the service and um accept what I'm doing for them now which is whatever I can whether that's doing classes virtual sessions video calls programming um and for those that have been affected where they have you know had a huge financial impact I've said look I will still give you everything that I'm giving to everybody else because I don't want you especially now to suffer and not get the benefits of looking after yourself even though it's going to be really really hard for some people to do the basics of you know getting outside and going for a walk I think it's quite nice for some people to you know know that if they do want it if they can't afford it it's there and it's going to give them some form of structure to keep going yeah have you found any um quote-unquote bad habits creeping in just because of being um locked in the house or um essentially locked down myself it's been definitely eating more cheese um, and <laughs> lots more cheese every time I go out I get this big um like roll thing that's it tastes quite lemony and it's like cream cheese I absolutely love it yeah uh, and then just alcohol in general like I'm actually having a day off alcohol today which is rare oh nice <laughs> how about yourself have you seen anything um like that in you yeah, for sure. So initially what came, it normally happens when, when my anxiety goes up um, is normally I, junk food, it's mainly sweet stuff like chocolate, ice cream, anything heavily carbohydrate based. I'm like, I want it now. Um, I kind of had like a big sort of binge of like, right, okay, first week, just dealing with the stress of it. And I kind of sort of like excuse those poor habits with, this situation and actually then the end of the first week I was like right okay well you've, you've got out your system now so now just try and get back into your normal routine of what you'd normally eat Monday to Friday and Saturday Sunday be a little bit more indulgent as if you were doing things as normal um and then I'd say the only other thing that sort of caught, kind of crept in really apart from eating is procrastination because sometimes when you've got so much time you think oh, okay I'll, I'll just do that later um, but that's really to do with my own personal stuff of like the, the things that I'm studying for and everything. Yeah. Um, I still prioritize everybody else. And then I kind of, I've always put what, what I'm doing for myself at the back of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say that's definitely crept back in again. Um, yeah, and, and I think most PTs will find that some bad habits have crept in because of just this 
massive change in routine. I think a change in routine is one of the most mentally challenging things you can go through. Mm. Uh, and everyone responds to this kind of stress differently. Like no one knows what's going to happen either. So not only is there no routine, we might have a completely different routine next week. And that's very, very difficult to handle. So I think everyone from, um, let's say the bottom of society to the top are going to be feeling the effects of this. And that's very, very, very scary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And actually, even though um, you've got a gym set up at home, have you found yourself, especially for your clients, have you found yourself having to sort of like tap into a different way of thinking in terms of exercises, exercise execution, um, due to limited kit or having no kit at all? How, how's that been for you? Well, I get to um, say one of my pretentious um, two-day certification uh, qualifications right now. So <laughs> technically, I'm an advanced primal flow instructor, darling, um, <laughs> which technically means, I don't know, I describe it as um, almost just a collection of movements done together. And uh, when I used to do, uh, when I used to work at a gym called Primal, which is in Leeds, um, mm. I used to do lots of classes and all the classes would be warmed up using these Primal flows. So uh, to use an example, you might start with 20 seconds of tempo squats. So just nice and slow down, nice and slow upwards. And then after that 20 seconds is finished, um, you then maybe add in lunges and you do that for a minute so squats and lunges for a minute and then after that you had a walkout and then um i started just to have fun with it like adding forward rolls in there for people mm. that maybe haven't done a forward roll in 20 years yes it is a little bit risky but i've never had anyone hurt themselves doing the forward roll apart from me <laughs> uh, but anyway so that that's been quite interesting a lot of people have found that quite fun the flip side of it um, with primal flows people have a tendency or I have a tendency to get people to walk out onto their hands and spend a lot of time in the press-up position yeah uh, and with a couple of people that's been a little bit too much too soon uh, and they've pulled like something underneath the shoulder blade there's been nothing major nothing that's lasted more than a day or so but yeah. um, I had to be a little bit careful with that I had to be reminded that oh yeah people have shoulder blades and they are quite fragile <laughs> It's been interesting. I think that's partly because they haven't done primal flows in years or never. Um, yeah. And the fact that people are sitting in positions that they wouldn't normally sit in. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've noticed um, clients struggling because there's no longer a work and home separation. It's just the same place. Yeah, it is. I have found that. And interestingly, I read a really good article by this lady that I follow on Instagram. She's a psychotherapist. She's called Esther Perel. Um, and she's just incredible. And she was basically, when this first happened, she basically spoke about in this article how people have different identities associated with different areas. So obviously at home might be like a wife or husband sort of setting um, at work, whatever role it is that you do. So it's more professional. And then, you know, even if like, if you do sports and stuff and now all that's been merged into one. And then um, she was talking about, obviously if people haven't got that separation with a particular space with those identities or different parts of themselves, it can feel very overwhelming and it's quite hard on top of the social distancing you're dealing with being in the same space so it almost feels a little bit like cabin fever yeah. um, and a couple of clients have said you know that they they're just struggling because they miss 
being out and about and doing things you know it's kind of that feeling of being productive ticking boxes off like okay went to work today went to the gym went to the supermarket vice versa and I think it's um especially depending on where you live as well it can feel even worse because I know there's a lot of my clients that live in a city centre yeah and if they live in flats that are sort of you know like in a really tall building it's not it's not as easy for them to just maybe go for a walk and then do a workout outside because technically that's going outside more than once. Um, yeah, touching the buttons on the lift must suddenly be quite a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. So I have, I have had a few clients struggle with that. Um, have you struggled with that much yourself? Uh, I did. I did definitely in the first week. Uh, yeah. Definitely in the first week because, you know, I've, I've got two nearly teenage children um, and I'm used to going to work like between what, how many, how many hours would it be? Like 40 hours a week. And then suddenly um, I'm underneath my partner's fee and there all the time. She's got a, a nice routine here and I was just in the way of that entirely. Um, yeah. So it must have been like even more difficult for her as well. Um, but I think because I was able to have lots of video call sessions, it kind of helped me through that, even though I couldn't, like, I, you know what, like, I think I more struggled with not being able to give people like a fist bump, um, yeah. not being able to like properly see their face when um, they've done something good or they've like nailed the first Turkish get up. But that reminds me actually, um, I think it's been an excellent test of my coaching skills because mm. when you're in person, it's easier to coach someone than when they're on a camera. They have no idea about the right angle to do it. And I'm still expecting them to do a Turkish get up for the first time. Um, I think that was quite a cool thing to do. Have you tried to teach any new movements or anything like that when you've been doing your video sessions? I have, yeah. So what I've been doing on top of like doing programming and video calls with clients, I've sort of taken part in like volunteering, teaching some virtual classes. So myself and a few PTs I used to work with at Pure Gym, we've kind of offered like a, a timetable for like anyone and everyone really to take part in. And I do these strength classes and um, it's been really interesting because obviously strength to a certain extent people will have certain perceptions and obviously if people haven't got kit you you've, you've literally got to think about well what's what's someone's um like range of motion like what's their training history what kit have they got available are they going to pick the movement up like so many variables and week on week even still this week now every time i program a class um for that group i'm like right okay what's the best way for me to actually help people build their strength with minimal kit, but also not overcomplicate it and not make them feel overwhelmed. And it's really pushed me back into sort of the novice PT days where you kind of, you know, not to say that you ever get to a point where you feel like you know everything, but it, it really sort of helps you reevaluate your coaching practice and actually how dependent you are on a gym setting to get things done. Um, yeah definitely and it's it makes you go back and think about the exercises that you, uh, you know that are just in there I mean they are effective but they're kind of in there for the sake of it because it's what is always done so for me as a uh, predominantly a powerlifting coach suddenly yeah. I can't just program squat bench and deadlift suddenly we're having to do pistol squats with someone that's only used to doing one or two repetitions uh, yeah and at home that's just that's just not relevant yeah and I think one one thing I find as well is that my 
So with a lot of my clients, I either do like a higher ratio of pulling compared to push because they've, you know, they've got a desk job and a lot of them rounded shoulders and I'm just trying to reinforce, you know, a, a bigger ratio of pull compared to push. Yeah. Now I find that a lot of clients that I have even, they haven't even got any kit or if they have, I know that if they try to do certain pull movements, they're not going to feel it. And because we haven't practiced it in the gym yet. So it's like, right, okay, how can I break that down to help them feel it whilst I'm coaching virtually? So it is, it's, it's challenging, but it's, it's a good challenge, but it, it is really actually making me think about things. And yeah. So what kind of exercises and structure will you have in the strength classes that you do um, online at the moment? So what I've been doing, especially for the strength classes, I rotate between two different formations. So on a Wednesday, I do a 25 minute EMOM. So I choose five exercises and I basically try and incorporate leg exercise, upper body, core, and either one or two movements that are going to increase the heart rate, but also kind of like work their, kind of work their strength, but not so much. And um, so today, for example, the one I taught at 5.30, we did um, heel elevated squats, um, just grabbing a book. Um, so even if someone was doing that body weight and they haven't done that before, that will get the quads a little bit more. So, um, and then for exercise number two, it was a hammer curl into a press. And, you know, again, if people aren't, haven't been training much, if they've just got some tins or some bags of pasta, it will be doing something. Mm -hmm. um, minute number three, we did a glute bridge slider in the floor. Have you tried that one? I think you have actually. Think so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah just sliding the heels away from you. The number four was planked. To push yeah, it. I love that exercise. That's been done so many times. Uh, yeah. For some reason, my brain melted as you were talking. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think people are absolutely sick of me giving them slider leg curls. Yeah, it's honestly, it's so good because you, in this setting, it's so hard to get in the back of the legs without having bands and everything like that. And it's just a really great bodyweight exercise where you can just feel it straight away, pretty much. Um, and then exercise number five was burpees because people want to get sweaty and it has a strength element to it in terms of the push up to the ground and stuff. So that, that's the kind of setup that I've been doing where it's, it's been in my wheelhouse in terms of how I train as a CrossFitter, but bringing it over to like everyday people of like, here's an exercise, want to do it 40 seconds work and then we, we switch over. So yeah. Um, how have you found um, your own training since this all kicked off? Have you got any equipment available or a home gym set up um, or anything like that? Yeah. So my, I've really enjoyed my training, actually. So the, the CrossFit um, gym, so CrossFit Leeds, where I'm a member of, um, they were really kind to sort of lend out their kit to the members. Um, so right before all the gyms closed, they let you come down and grab, you know, a couple of pieces of kit. And we, we got a pair of 15 kilogram dumbbells and we got a 16 kilogram kettlebell. Um, and then we've, we've pretty much just been doing a lot of like interval work and like cycling through different movements. Cause the thing with CrossFit is that you get, you learn such a broad range of movements. You can actually do a bodyweight workout. That's pretty brutal without even having a piece of kit. So I've, I've, I'm quite fortunate with the amount of knowledge I have now in the practice of CrossFit that with just two dumbbells and a kettlebell, mm. I can do a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm very lucky in that we have a full like studio set up that we can drive over um and we can use we could use it all day um if we wanted to. Like I can 
go for PBs on deadlifts if I want to. I can bench what I want, everything like that. We've got a, a full powerlifting setup in there. Even yeah. with gains, it's like it, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I think there are lots of there are lots of personal trainers out there that are in the same boat, but because everything is so different and the the relationship with clients is so different at the moment. Like it's I'm definitely not doing traditional programming anymore. It's basically giving them new programs when they're bored of the current one. Rather yeah. than it's you know what I mean? Um, yeah. and I think a lot of PTs, even though they've got a home gym set up, are really struggling with motivation. And yeah. and I think that's just a natural response to everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah. And I th I think that's really interesting to see as well because it's there's you know, like you said, everyone responds differently. And even though my emotions were very up and down in the first week and a half, my motivation to train was still so high. And that's because it's always been a form of escape for me. So I I think thinking about how people respond differently, I think also depending on what they see training as will determine whether or not their motivation is high or not. And because my stress and anxiety was so high, I was like, I need to train. And even if it was just, you know, just like doing some push-ups and some running or something like that, I was like, I just need to switch my brain off and just dial out for a little bit. Um, but yeah. I, mean, and when, I don't know how old you were when you started training, but I was like 13, 14 in my bedroom. So I've been training in isolation um, for more than half my life now, which is a little bit scary. Um, yeah. So even though like the gym that we both work at is great and it's wonderful to have access to all that equipment, I'm, I'm used to training by myself because it was how I started and it was what I did for, oh God, um, like four, five, six, ten 10 years. Um, wow. I was training regularly in the gym. Um, well, the gym that I was using, I used to go in at like 11 o'clock at night where there was maybe one other person occasionally. Uh, and, you know, you, you wouldn't talk to anyone at that time because, you know, it's, <laughs> it might be a bit weird. Uh, so, so for me, like, it's been absolutely fine um, yeah. doing that kind of stuff. But, like, we're talking to um, my partner, Victoria, and um, for her, we were just talk, trying to make training uh, far more fun and enjoyable to make it motivating again. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a perfectly um, valid solution if motivation is an issue or just training has lost its flavour. And if someone can't get to the gym as well, if a PT can't set that example, then that's okay too because, like I say, it's a really difficult time and focus on your clients um, so that they're okay and, and just worry about your training when this lockdown finishes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's what one thing I've noticed, I don't know if you're the same as well, but I've myself included plus clients, I've found myself um feeling guilty um for things well for thinking about stuff that I potentially should be doing. Um and that's mainly just come from, you know, sometimes when you go on Instagram, Facebook or whatever, you might see that there's certain fit pros that have established and have been in the industry for like twenty-five years already ahead of the curve doing something and it's kind of made you feel a bit shit and you're like oh shit should I be doing that like my business isn't quite there yet and even clients have felt like that just about you know getting out and walking and working out and stuff um so I think one thing that's been quite prevalent with what's going on is that the, the guilt of not doing something and I think people I will I want people to understand as well that it's okay 
if motivation is low to whatever it is it, with, to do with walking or working out or you know just everyday stuff that it with what's going on it is okay to feel like that it's not a, a life or death thing where you, people are going to judge you for not doing those things yeah and with all us personal trainers unfortunately I have to admit that we're not professional athletes no uh, and despite what's going on in our heads we're just we're just not and if we don't train for two weeks it's not going to matter that much and i i can't think like that all the time um because i know like, i remember once when i was 18 um i took like a picture of myself and i looked good so i didn't train for a year and i thought oh okay i best get back into training now yeah <laughs> uh, you know what i mean and even during that time um like the the amount of muscle that i that i lost wasn't that huge and yeah. it'll be the same in this situation and when we get back into the gym you'll notice lots of progress really quickly again as long mm. as you don't go into the gym like trying to lift the same weights as you were doing uh pre-lockdown and you've never touched a barbell don't go in and try and do um you one rep max i wonder yeah. if you've tried anything like um visualization work or um anything like that that might help you maintain any strength yeah well i've listened to a few podcasts and i've read a few books with visualization and the results are they're pretty incredible to be fair like it's it's very similar in terms of those who practice visualization compared to physical practice it's it's been very very effective so i'm i'm intrigued as to whether or not that was in someone's repertoire or like daily ritual or whatever whether yeah. that would, you know. I think in the um, episode that is now lost into the podcast ether with Dr. Lisa Lewis, she talked about people's um, differing ability to mm -hmm. visualize. And I think my ability to visualize um, a rep or something like that, um, how a weight feels, what the place smells like is shit. Um, yeah. So I think I could visualize until I'm absolutely blue in the face. Uh, and it's not going to make that much difference. Yeah. Um, I think I'd still have the same um, drop-off in performance, but I'm lucky enough to be able to still like perform exercises with a barbell, so um, that's an experiment that I'm not willing to get involved in. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to. You don't need to. <laughs> um, one thing I was going to ask, actually, from what's happened, especially with um, five weeks isolation and having to deal with virtual sessions and coaching practice, have you discovered anything that you're going to implement once you are back in a gym setting in terms of how you are with your clients? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Have I noticed anything that I'm going to implement afterwards? Oh, let's see. <laughs> you know what? Like just online sessions in general. Yeah. Um, so for my distance clients, um, having them just online for an hour rather than always having to come down to Graft House from, I don't know, um, London, uh, York. I've had people come over from York. I've had people come over um, from like Bradford and from various places. Yeah. So rather than them coming down to Graft House, let's say they were coming down to test the one that maxes, often when people are testing their maxes in a new environment that isn't a competition, it goes to shit. Yeah because it's all new and they're not used to how everything feels and they don't have the same adrenaline as you would for a competition. Yeah. So I think what I would like to do is have my online guys 
um, instead of coming down to Graft House, unless we need to work on something technically, uh, maybe just video sessions from their gym um, and I can just talk to them via the cameras uh, rather than them, like I say, coming down to Graft and maybe being thrown off. So they can use their own stuff, maybe they're trending in the garage or whatever. Um, so I'll be definitely implementing video sessions because I feel that they are just as effective and I think they'd be even more effective if they had their own equipment available to them. Yeah. How about yourself? Um, mine's been more of a um, community aspect in terms of what, what other platforms can I give them where they can get, you know, they, they can relate to other people, they can get whatever content I've um, recently created PDF-wise for them and stuff, and actually just building a better connection. Not to say that I, I haven't got a really good connection with my clients already, but actually having a space where everyone can sort of share recipes, share ideas, because in the past I have tried to make Facebook groups and stuff, but because I've just been so busy with everything else it's always been the last thing I pay any attention to yeah and obviously now it kind of forces your hands to um you know put those things at the front of your mind and maximizing those so people actually get the human connection that they're missing right now and it's and it's it's so easy to forget how positively impactful that can be on somebody um it definitely made me realize that I might be the only face someone sees in a week. Like, um, so I have a client who is stuck at home for at least 12 weeks now. Yeah. And uh, he literally will not see anyone else but me. And he won't see that many more people when lockdown isn't in place. You know what I mean? So yeah. I get, I, it made, it makes me think that I need to be, a, a positive ray of sunshine in that person's life. You know what I mean? I want to be able to make them laugh. And in this person's instant, I give them absolutely loads of shit and loads of banter because that's how um, they react to me anyway. So I want to try and be as normal as possible. Mm. Uh, but in the background of that, I'm still trying to be like the best part of their day. And I always would be anyway, but it's made me see again, just how important that is. Yeah, for sure. And I think, one thing it's not to say that I didn't know it before, but again, it's kind of highlighted in my mind. Um, you are a PT or a coach, it, you are not just your title, you are so much more than that. Like, my some of my clients since this has started, a lot of them, even though I haven't been doing video calls with everybody, you know, they've all been very quick to open up as they would do in person about how they're feeling. and even on some video calls, I've got people, you know, just laying off their, you know, complaints and how work's going for the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found that a lot. Like, um, I'd normally be like, right, we've only got an hour. We're getting training. Um, and it's at this point where that 15 minutes might be the most important 15 minutes of the session. Yeah, exactly. And I think going forward, that'll be something that'll be very important to me as well. Yes. And um, keeping that, important 15 minutes in there because I've also seen via my powerlifting chat how unimportant powerlifting is to a lot of people really and I think yeah. I make it more important in my head and other certain athletes um, that I train it's, it'll be massively important to them as well but loads of others like they, they just started running again and when the gym's open again yeah like they'd love to be throwing a barbell around and doing deadlifts and maxing out in the warm-up because they're bastards 
um, they just haven't, and and they've just gone and done something else. And you know what? Like, um, we, we were all really fast to mock people that were um, running, and like I renamed the powerlifting group. Uh, well, it's called Mighty Morphin Powerlifters normally, and it's now Mighty Morphin Runners. <laughs> I wish I were could just flip between things like that and not feel guilty or like I was holding myself back or doing yeah. something wrong and could just do that. I'm not going to start running, but I wish I could just do that because it would give me a lot more options uh, and a lot more, I guess, diversity to my training, but I don't, I don't see that happening in the near future. Yeah. And I think, do you know what? One thing I've realized with my clients as well is that um, a lot of my clients have said to me that they've, they've really, really, really didn't miss the gym but mainly if, if I've got someone into well I haven't got them into but I've sort of you know guided them into a particular lift because they really enjoy it or they've wanted to get better at it they've missed chasing that goal and they've, they're the ones that are like do you know what I, I really want to get that 100k in that um, sumo and I'm like oh my god I'm like she actually remembers it's not just that she's so stressed out and that she's forgotten about everything like this is on her mind still and it just highlights how important it is to people to be chasing stuff like that in the gym, but also just the enjoyment of the process. I think that's what I've really enjoyed is that it's helped clients realize the enjoyment of the process they had because sometimes the stress of everyday life can sort of make it feel like a burden to go to the gym, especially for the first maybe five to 10 minutes. But once they get training, they're all right. But I think it's definitely highlighted to them like shit, like that's actually like, it does hugely impact me in a really, really good way. And I do really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really, really interesting time. Um, do you know any personal trainers that are thriving uh, in this environment and that business is going through the roof? Or, well, in fact, I'll let you answer that question and then I've got my own take on it after. Yeah, so there's... I don't I don't know them personally one of them was my transformation coach from last year the bodybuilding so Callum um and this other guy is also called Callum as well so they, they're both like transformation specialists Um, one of them's mainly online the other one owns his own studio in Manchester and it seems that it's still thriving as normal um and from what I've what I've seen in their profiles it's just been adapting to this circumstance by getting certain kit in and stuff um apart from that i think everyone's just trying to survive unless there was there was already on online and they've got a few clients where they can pay them so what about yourself um i think a lot of personal trainers are trying to put on this facade of success and um, to make it look like they're doing something and make it look like they're still um like especially for like business gurus or whatever Yes. Um, I think, oh, yeah, like you should be fully booked at this time. You should be just doing this and doing that. Like, there's no way their businesses aren't taking massive hits. Yeah. Uh, sure. and, I, and I think those that are being dishonest about it are making those like personal trainers that are really struggling feel incredibly bad. And um, that, like, I'm, I haven't had a consultation since this whole thing kicked off I've just been very lucky to keep the clients that I have and mm -hmm. the consultations that I did have booked in they they, they just couldn't happen yeah um, so like my I think we were we were talking earlier like my revenues down um like by more than 20 percent like yeah. like I'm I, like I will emphasize um I think that we're 
I personally am going to be absolutely fine and I'm still able to have lots of PT sessions. Yeah. And, and, but I in no way are saying that I'm making more money now or anything like that. I'm just lucky that I had plenty of clients before that's allowed me to carry on. And that's why I've got so much um, sympathy for, for personal trainers that I've just started, for example, because yeah. it's hard enough to thrive as a personal trainer when the economy is good, when we're not entirely locked down. So I, I don't know what I'd do in that situation. Like, I, I really don't. If I was a new PT now, I have no idea what I'd do. Yeah, I, I imagine it would be hugely stressful because they, unfortunately, they they won't get that government support of the 80% grant that's being offered. Um, and they will fall into a very small percentage of, because they haven't been working for long enough and the HMRC can't see what they've been earning, they're not going to give anything to them. So it's, it's quite stressful. So I imagine a lot of those guys will have to go into temporary work or help from the government via universal credit and stuff. But um yeah, Absolutely. and you know what, like I would email other fitness professionals that have blogs. Um, I would email, um, so for example, um, I write sometimes for a website called Future Fit. I've emailed a few article ideas to those guys uh, and one of them might have been accepted and things. So that'll bring a little bit more in. So yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd try and look for other opportunities if you have the motivation and the inclination um, to do that. Um, I wouldn't feel guilty about leaving your PT job for a little bit uh, in order to get temporary work if it is available because you can come back to it. You, you absolutely can come back. To oh it. yeah, for sure. And even be before... I knew what my situation was going to be. My first reaction was, right, okay, I need to go to as many supermarkets as possible and see what's there. Because I, I was genuinely on the point of like, right, I'm going to stack shelves for a little bit. And then once this is all over, I'm going to go back to PT. Or whilst I'm stacking shelves, I'll do online programming for everybody. Yeah. Um, keep them into it. Like I was, I, I had no shame in, you know, if I had to do that, I would have done it. Um, because it's, you know, it's just something to, to pay the bills and to keep yourself going. And I, I wasn't clung on to the fact that, oh, will I have to get my income by PT? Like it's, if you have to temporarily change up your level of income from doing something like that, there's, there should be no shame in that at all. And at least there, there definitely shouldn't. And when you come back to personal training um, after some time away, hopefully you'd love it even more. Like myself and my partner had the conversation about, well, like, shall I apply to um, be like a delivery driver or something? And my partner said, just let's see what happens. I don't think you'll have to do that. And indeed, like, she was absolutely right, as always. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that I didn't need to do that quite yet, and I'm, and I've been immensely lucky, um, and that and I think that is literally only because I've been a PT for for over a decade now. Um, yeah, that I was able to have that foundation there. So um, I'd also just if you are a new PT out there that's listening to this and, and you are struggling, like just just don't feel any shame because like we're guys that have, have got lots of experience and we're saying that it's hard for us and it must be incredibly hard for you. So if you do need anything or need to message us, um, mm -hmm. like we just want to help as much as we can. So please feel free to drop us a message anytime you need to. Absolutely. And one thing I'd like to add to that as well is just in terms of social media, touching on what you said earlier, Chris, don't get sucked into what everybody else is doing. I was definitely guilty of doing that when this first started. But yes. I think everyone was. Oh, yeah, for sure. And if, but as soon as you switch off to that and you just focus on what's best for you to do right now to get by and, um, you know, just to keep yourself healthy, just avoid 
stalking other people's pages thinking oh I'm not doing this I'm not doing that because you'll feel so much better for it rather than comparing yourself to the people yeah and I don't know if you found this as well like at first you're just like so many home workouts everyone free home workouts everything 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 must be done here it all is <laughs> um, and that's great but there's enough of it out there now in that first week um PTs put out like so many yeah sessions that mm -hmm. I just realized that if I put out any more it was just adding to the noise and just confusing people as to what they should yeah. be doing. Um, so I left all my free programs on there. Like people can find them via uh, my blog. People can find them via my Facebook and things. They're all still there and they're all still free. Those home sessions will always be free via my app as long as the app is still running. Yeah. Um, but at some point, I just realized that actually, if I do more of this, it is just going to be hindering people yeah and, and i think that that goes the same for like just talking about covid and the amount of deaths each day and everything like that it all just kind of people are just sick of thinking about it yeah um so a pt is able to provide that escapism and that's what goes back to what we were saying earlier about how important it is to give people that time and that's why i think most pts should be offering video sessions if they can to their clients because and i've said this a lot like a session with a coach that has empathy is more than just a training session. It's more than moving a weight from A to B. Mm. It's so much more than that. It's that it's that human interaction and it's telling people, well, well done for doing that and well done for being consistent. And I really enjoyed that session, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. It's uh, it's about much more than just moving. It's just it's human connection. Yeah, so um, have you got any plans um, going forward um, into lockdown? Anything that you're going to implement in? Or is it just about carry on doing the good job that you're doing? I think for the, for the most part right now, it's just continuing on and just offering as much support as I can to my clients. I think one thing that I've, I'm really grateful for and I've gained so much perspective on is just how lucky I am to be a PT, but also as well, it's helped me realize that for a while I tried to do too much at once and now I've kind of like stayed in my own lane. I've been like, right, okay, what can your clients really benefit from right now? Like it's really made me think about them at all times rather than get stuck up in the whole like, oh shit, I've got seven sessions today and I need to get the programming done and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's helped me peel the layers back a little bit and think, right, okay, how can I actually give as much as possible to my clients right now and I'm just going to keep going with that and just make sure that those guys have got what they need to stay happy and to try and keep moving what about you yeah I think I'm in exactly the same boat and um, just trying to make things gradually better and um, trying to get everyone in um, for a video session if I can or at least um, some kind of phone call so um, I've not really been doing any group PT um, that's kicking around in my head that I should maybe set that up via Zoom. I've done like a family session, um, yeah. but that isn't the same as with clients. It was basically 45 minutes of me trying to get my grammar on Zoom um, yeah. um, before ultimately making an audio call instead. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just about gradually trying to make this process better um, trying not to be too hungover when I do ultimately slip into some more rum drinking. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and just like you said, just trying to be there and be present for my clients where possible and just try not to let anyone um, get lost in the cracks or um, if I think someone's actually okay, um, not being, 
not taking that for granted and making sure that I'm asking the people that I think are mentally strong if they are okay, just in case I am wrong, because sometimes I can be bad for that. Yeah, yeah, of course. And you don't, you don't want to assume and it's always best to just ask. And yeah. I think people like that anyway, even if they know that they're okay, it's, just, it's a nice feeling to be asked as well. Exactly. So um, have you got anything you'd like to add just before um, we leave today? Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd like to add really is just to reassure everybody that despite how difficult these times are now, you just need to remember that there are better times ahead and you might have up and down days, but you've just got to keep going through and just make sure each day that you're doing something for yourself to make yourself feel a little bit better, whether that's going for a run or tuning into somebody's homework, how have a look online or contact myself or Chris if you want any advice on anything. But yeah, just remember that the the days are going to get better and before we know it, we'll be back into normal society. Absolutely. And it is important to remember that most personal trainers are still offering um, their services. A lot of personal trainers still want to take on clients. And if there is anyone out there that does want training, like just ask them. <laughs> They're desperate for that business. Yeah. <laughs> and any personal trainer out there that's, that's struggling, like just don't feel guilty for the actual emotions that you're feeling because they are all valid. Um, and it's just about finding coping strategies and talking to people. But do not feel guilty for struggling because we all are. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good place to end it there. All right, yeah. guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Grafters podcast. Um, we will see you and hear you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.